a lot of talk of regenerative farming recently, but how does it all add up? On this week's Over the Farmgate podcast, we're taking a look at farming alongside nature and whether it can be done profitably. Don't forget we'll bring you a new episode of the podcast every Friday, so make sure that you're subscribed on your favourite platform. And don't miss the latest edition of our feature editor Emily Ashworth over the farm gate at home with the Nicholson family, where she's catching up with Richard Nicholson and his dad Roger about the family farm at Cannon Hall. It's one of the most well-known farms in the country, especially after their appearance on Channel 5's On the Farm series. But back to Regen Ag now, and Jess Fredenberg has been finding out more about its impact on the bottom line. Hello everyone, hope you are settling into these colder and darker days, okay? Now we've been covering farming with nature for a few months now, and have talked about everything from soil health to native breeds, biodiversity and grasslands. But what about profitability? Does farming green mean farming in the red or the black. To look at this, I caught up with Gary Markham, Director of Land Family Business. Gary has been advising farming families on their finances for decades, and this summer he spoke at Groundswell, where he presented the results of a four-year benchmarking exercise comparing thousands of acres of conventional versus regenerative farmland. You may have already heard these figures, but listen on as we cover everything from consistency of profitability to family well-being, yields and collaborative opportunities. For clarity, when Gary is talking about figures, he's mostly referring to those from the regenerative farming group, unless otherwise stated. Here he is. Gary, tell us a little bit about the calculations that you presented at Groundswell in the summer related to regenerative farming systems what what were you exactly looking at so uh we've been benchmarking for four or five seasons now and it was particularly interesting in the summer of uh this last summer because conventional farming was on a bit of a high with the prices so it was a bit of a challenge to look to look at the uh the the regen ag results so as before um we had a uh, uh, a lower overall lower yield um low, uh, lower inputs um and and the margin was a lot lower in gross margin standard gross margin terms which is quite frightening obviously for uh, for, for farmers heading into this for the first time however there's two other things that are really important that counter that the first thing is that there's less working capital because of lower inputs etc and less working capital because there's less machinery uh, and so when you take the less machinery into account which is a huge item in arable farming these days with with values of, of standard values of machinery around about over three well over 300 pounds an acre um, so in regen group it's well under 300 pounds an acre so so when you take those into account the margin is roughly the same in a standard year now because yield is king um uh, in in conventional farming as it were so which really worked actually in last harvest at 300 pound a ton um obviously the more tons you've got you're just leveraging up uh to so so conventional farming last year was a lot higher traditionally as i said four or five seasons the margin's been the same but last year uh it, it was a lot higher in the conventional our conventional benchmarking group which then leads you to think what do you do you know do you do you follow 
a knee-jerk reaction, uh, but I think the answer is no, because it is hopefully, probably a blip. And you've got to be looking after the soil, which is long-term, etc. And all the regen work you do is fairly long-term, mm. medium, medium long-term. And when you're saying knee-jerk, you mean the, the, the prices, the higher grain prices that, that we saw, essentially. Would you react to, to that? And chasing yes, those, of course. Like you said, yeah. chasing those yields. So the savings in working capital are around about £150 an acre. We're talking acres, not hectares. £150 an acre. Capital per tonne on machinery um, is, is a very useful figure that we have devised as a, a KPI, Key Performance Indicator, um, so I mentioned three hundred over three hundred pounds an acre of value on machinery, conventional and well under. So the interesting thing is that we've got lower machinery value but lower yields as well. So when you look at the machinery capital per ton of wheat produced in the Groundswell Group, it was uh, it's around about seventy four pounds per ton, and in the conventional farming, it's ninety one pounds per ton machinery because machinery value is as i've said has risen dramatically uh, and actually is has the largest effect i believe on the viability of, of standard arable farming the amount of capital you need to, to to do it so so 74 to 91 and that difference of 20 to 30 pound per ton has always been there and that's an interesting figure because that includes the ton variable as well um and obviously you're you're talking specifically about arable farms aren't you in, in your benchmarking how many farms did you have in this and what were those farms that were farming regeneratively what sorts of things were they doing in their farming system right okay so you mentioned mentioned mainly arable now many of these regen ag farmers to start off with have livestock <clears throat> fairly recently you know, cattle and sheep basically which then forms part of the rotation Okay, so so that's that's part that's part of it. Um, so so what's they what they're doing? Obviously, in the in re, the re, regenerative agriculture is all about m minimal soil disturbance, cover cropping, and uh, and also as I said, bringing livestock into the rotation, which all helps to regen re, regenerate the soil. I guess the carbon in the soil, which which. Quite interesting in the, in this last season where we've had a huge drought, the more organic matter you've got in the soil, the less drought, the more, sorry, the more drought resistant it is. And it holds a lot more moisture if you've got to, if you've got more carbon in there. Mm. So it, it did, it did well. And, it, and I think it showed, as I said, apart from the very high yielders, conventional farmers making you know fair fair amounts of margin, well above anybody else. Otherwise, the system was quite robust and worked very well. Mm. So over a, a longer period, then, are you saying that um, on the regen, the regen farmers that you that you benchmarked financially for them, it was much more steady. Whereas for the other farmers, was it more with more up and down? Was it? Absolutely. And th there's still uh, a very wide <clears throat> range in the results of, of our standard benchmark. And so we've got thousands of acres, of course, in our benchmarking group. You ask the size of of, of the, the Groundswell group, if you like. It's, and, and they are about 15 to 20 farms and estates. So it's not a huge, huge sample, but enough to give over four or five years to give some useful, useful data, uh, useful, consistent data, uh, which is good. What, what do you think is the impact on people 
mentally of having these lower costs, these like <clears throat> lower cost systems and more consistent systems. Because you, you spend a lot of your time, Gary, don't you, going going from farm to farm, estate to estate, talking to people about their finances and helping them deal with the sort of difficulties of it. You know, what's the, what's the kind of impact on mental health? Yes. Yeah, so uh, well-being, mental health is is very much in the fore of, of, of the, the thinking in the work we do at the moment. Um, and because we do a lot of family work, a bit of background first. So we do a lot of family work. And to, to be quite radical, I suppose, um, you could actually conclude that a dysfunctional family who, who are rowing and not agreeing, etc., will probably be, be not be making much profit. Whereas a well-managed uh, family in in in, uh, in simple terms um, in in terms of social social skills well managed family uh, uh, will 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 be in the top twenty five percent so uh, so that's sort of fairly new to me over the last twenty five thirty years focusing on fixed costs variable costs etc black and white um, that the overriding effect in a lot of this is that is families and and being and being gelled together uh, so what. And coming coming back to changing from the conventional system and to the new system, no normally a generational thing, because fathers are always doing what his father did. Whereas whereas the younger generation now are a lot more forward thinking and asking questions, such as at the Groundswell Show. It says a lot of young people at the Groundswell Show. And so um and and so, but that moving from the old system to the new one, the mindset is is so important. And uh, I, I have I have spoken to many people who come to see me, um, or in discussion groups, saying, "Oh, we tried that one year, the, the yield dropped, so we're not going to do it again. That's it. You know, it doesn't doesn't work for us." Uh, whereas the, the the actual way to do it, to uh, as as we have said, trying to get off the treadmill without hurting yourself. Um, you've got to do it gradually. Gradually over several years is the way to do it. Uh, and many people have failed to do that, unfortunately, and have been bruised uh, in, in, in so doing. So it's a difficult one because you've got to change your machinery values. Change, and, and, and buying a new drill, well over £100,000 know, for, for a new drill, is probably not not. It, they're not able to do it, depending on the size of the farm, of course. And that's where collaboration between farms is the answer. Because it ticks so many boxes, ticks the financial box of sharing the cost on, a, on an acreage basis um, and, and also sharing the mindset. So farming is a very lonely business, which is where the well-being and the problems have, 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 been, have been there over the past. Um, so, but sharing, sharing the change between three or four or five farms. And this is this is where the Groundswell Group that I've been running for the last four or five years really ticks the box because we're benchmarking them. Uh, we have meetings. We, we've been meeting over the last three or four years in grain stores in big circles around in chairs around grain, in grain stores, et cetera, and having discussions. We have a WhatsApp group, a discussion on the WhatsApp group, which is very lively. Um, and having that is so, so important. And, it, and it's something that we... We, I think, in England, if you like, we we do we do not get do well. We need we need more collaboration, and collaboration working together is not a weakness; it's a strength. Absolutely, and it's a great opportunity, isn't it, for 
I guess, like you said, like combating isolation and things like that, getting ideas going, just feeling a bit more supported. Um, Do you think, just picking up on the idea of collaboration, do you think there's also um, an opportunity for um, farmers with different systems to collaborate, to kind of almost combine their system? Because you mentioned earlier that a lot of the arable farmers were actually um, reintroducing livestock into their system to make that regenerative process kind of work better so is there an opportunity there for growers and uh livestock farmers to collaborate do you think to kind of create that system yes absolutely yeah i think i'm and i'm quite excited about this this actually because i i'm I'm quite excited about bringing young people into agriculture Uh, it is so difficult for them so what we have done in terms of conventional machinery syndicates to start off with, and anything up to 10,000 acres of farmers, you know, conventionally farming, but, but in the regen group, groups as well, is giving a young person, obviously the, the, the ideal is sheep because it's a lower entry system financially, uh, a young person, a guaranteed building to land them and guaranteed grazing, but on a very strictly controlled basis. You know, you're in that field until... Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning and then you're out and then you go over there, you know, uh, etc. So so therefore the sheep, uh, many arable farmers don't understand sheep apart from knowing they think there's live ones and dead ones and that's all and nothing in between, uh, which may be half right actually. But but um, so arable farmers don't understand sheep, you know, so, so therefore you get a specialist young person in with, with a, a flock of sheep and they can and, and they give them free, it's free grazing because they're a management tool and that's what's so exciting about that system and i and cattle can be done as well i know one person who who does it in uh with, with a herd of cattle he's a youngish person and he's built up his business on on cattle on regen farms um in, in east anglia here yeah no lots of exciting opportunities i think there for like you say Absolutely. collaboration knowledge sharing getting your costs down yeah, being sure. happier all sorts of things it brings the, what they what they've told me. The groups have told me it brings the fun back into farming. I mean, that's worth it on it in its own right, really, isn't it? That yeah, amazing. Yeah. Thank you to Jez and to Gary for joining us. Now, this week's edition of Farmers Guardian is also out today. With Christmas fast approaching and the threat of avian flu, turkey farmers are considering their future. And it could impact beyond this year's Christmas dinner, with farmers questioning whether they gamble on a 2023 crop. Elsewhere, the first major dairy processor has dropped its January milk price. Freshways have announced a 3 pence per litre drop to a standard litre price of 47 pence per litre, with concerns over where prices will head in the new year. We're also taking a look at the future of farming without BPS and what grants are available for farmers. That's it for this week's episode of Over the Farmgate. We'll be back with another episode next Friday. Thank you for listening. Goodbye for now.